Welcome to episode 131 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. Again, before I get today's Again, before I get to today's episode, I want to tell you about a little thing I'm putting together. It's called Shakespeare Retranslated. And with Shakespeare Retranslated, I take a play by Shakespeare and run it through the Internet's most popular translation site and translate it into another language. Then I take that version and I translate it back to English. And then I get a group of actors to read the retranslated version. But here's the thing. They don't get to see the retranslated version until right before they read it. And nobody knows what language I've translated it into until I announce it right beforehand. I did this last year with Romeo and Juliet, and it was hilarious. This time, the play is Macbeth, and the retranslation will be read on June 24th at 6.30 at the Social Capital Theatre in Toronto. Tickets are on sale now, and you can find them by going to retranslated-macbeth.brownpapertickets.com or by searching Shakespeare Retranslated Macbeth on Facebook. And this is a fundraiser for my upcoming production of uh, my play, The Commandment, at the Halifax Fringe this summer, so I'd really love it if you could come out. If you want to drop me a line, I would love to hear from you. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Phil Rickaby, and my website is philrickaby.com. This week, we're taking a short break from talking about the Toronto Fringe, and instead, my guests are Caleb Young and Vince Dalius from Theatre Nidana's Life Assignment, playing at Toronto's Theatre Pass Marai, June 21st to 24th. Can you tell me about the show? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing a show. Um, it's called Life Assignment. Mm-hmm. It's going up at the Theatre Pass Marine Backspace at the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a show that takes place in an alternate world. Okay. Okay, so it's kind of an alternate world show. It's a bit of a social satire, though, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, I can talk a little bit about the world, because I think that that's an interesting part of the show. Absolutely. Um the, I guess, you know, the interesting angle for us with this play is that um, it's a mixture of professional artists, mm-hmm. but then uh, the playwright and myself, we're, we come from the lay people. Okay. Yeah. So we were both, we did a lot of uh, theater when we were younger, mm-hmm. uh, and now we're returning to, to theater. Okay. And the show, the show actually picks up on these kind of themes, um, although, you know. Uh, I don't know that anyone else would sure. pick up on that. But. And what's your role with the show? So I'm the director. You're the I'm director? Sorry, I'm the director. Yeah. And uh, so um, we'll get we'll get into why all you love theater that, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Um, what's, what? uh, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm an actor in the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys... Is there anything particular that drew... Like, can you, you, you mentioned you were going to talk about the, the alternate sure. universe. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear about, about the alternate world. The alternate world. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the premise of the show is that um, this is a world in which every couple of years, the state, although it's left unclear, what, like what power does this, uh, goes into people's lives and changes their identities. <laughs> so everything that you like, so your job, mm-hmm. your name, um, your relationship, religion. every your religion, every aspect of your identity <laughs> is is shuffled up. Um, and so, you know, the show begins in uh, the living room of a house, mm-hmm. and we meet uh, a couple, and they're having this really kind of like domestic Monday, yeah. discussion about gardening and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. The doorbell rings, and it's the life commissioning <coughs> agent who has come to tell them that they've been reassigned to new lives. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of takes off from there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever see the movie Dark City? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. No. It, it reminds me also what oh what was that other one? There's the Matt Damon movie, which also reminded me of Dark City. Huh. Um, where in Dark City, every night 
these beings come and change everybody's life around. Like, they'll move oh. you to a different apartment, and you'll wake up the next day, and you, and you are have to a different with... person. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, right. People don't... <clears throat> that's the experience in that movie. Interesting. Is that people don't know that their life has been changed. They just wake uh, up, and now and they are somebody else. Right. <clears throat> cool. So It's like perpetual it. amnesia. Yes. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, this is very different because you're told that it's going to happen. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, that's right. Which is a difficult thing to deal with. Oh, the, and how many years has happened? Do you it, know? It, it happens typically every three years. Okay. Right? And so, you know, the, um, what is it? Like, the, the premise of the show is that this couple kind of f- fell out of the algorithm mm-hmm. that finds couples. Okay. And so they've been together for eight years, mm. which in this world is, uh, you know, never happens. Extended. Okay. Yeah. You know, mm. it's an extended period of time. Mm. You know, and to kind of make matters worse, there's another couple that has been reassigned to their house that night. And the couple that has been reassigned, you know, that we begin mm-hmm. with, they don't want to break up. No. Right? Because there's there's an issue there. There's a kind of, there's a reason why they want to stay. Sure. And there's another couple that's coming in. And then, you know, comedy, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting thought because yeah. um, I could see some people for whom a finite, like knowing that your relationship was finite, yeah. oh. would be an exciting thing. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm not really going to get tired of you because in three years yeah. we're done. Yeah. But yeah. other people who are like, what? I only get three years with this person, yeah. which is another thought. Yeah. One, yeah. One of the things that we're really trying to play with is the, the kind of the erotics or the, maybe the pornographics you could say mm. of identity now mm. in the way in which, you know, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time fantasizing about living other lives Hmm. you know and we pursue that in all kinds of subtle sure ways you know um it's super easy to do because everybody presents like their fake life yeah they're highly integrated yeah it's like it's like you're these these are the things i want you to see about my amazing life yeah that's right that's exactly right yeah yeah no i mean it's a great concept i think it's a great concept Mm. um but uh so yeah so that's the show Mm and um, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say. About it. How many, who, who do you play in this? Uh, who do I play, Caleb? I come in. <laughs> I'm I'm a newly, I guess, newly assigned. Would it yep. mean? Yeah, newly yep. assigned life commissioning agent. So okay. I come in. I come in at the tail end of the show, mm. just when you think things are like leveling out and making sense, and I come in and start like a new shuffle because I end up um, giving the new life assignment to the life commissioning agent who's been reassigning the people who are there oh shit so i come in yeah and the whole thing just stirred up even more mm. um yeah, yeah that's, there's it's, there's a bit of a kind of a false ending in the show mm-hmm. so yeah. you know we think things are about to get resolved yeah exactly yeah. but then the the the, mm. the hero of the show gets reassigned mm-hmm. right so it's kind of this false ending it's just like oh my things yeah. are going to be resolved like, okay, and then yeah. the world interrupts it again mm. and yeah. shuffles it and that introduces that's interesting because you yeah. i think in my mind the people who were life assignment agents they would be not, not subject mm-hmm. to, to yeah. that, which right. is interesting. No, but everybody, everyone's subject huh. to that in this yeah. world. Hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's a very simple premise, but it opens up all kinds of uncomfortable truths, I think, yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, insights into identity, how mm-hmm. we work, how we relate to one another, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an, in- it's an interesting piece. Mm-hmm. Vince, what did you think yeah. when you first read this? Uh, I, it's funny cause I was just brought in for a reading very early mm-hmm. on about, what was it? February of last year. Um, a friend of mine is in the show and she's like, Oh, we just need, we just need somebody to help come in and do this reading. Do you want to just pop in? And then I went in and then of course, Caleb, he's like, okay, everybody, I know everybody has notes and opinions, but Vince, since you're, this is the first time you read it. What, what are you thinking? And mm-hmm. I like, cause I have a, I have like a film background. I, I went to film school, so worked in film for a while so I made the notes I was like well I think that visually this and this and this but those are more production notes it's like I guess the script um but the script is it's it's funny because it feels like it's gonna be like a Norm Foster mm. like play it's like mm-hmm. the, the setting is a living room it's a couple mm-hmm. and then so it's like a it's like that but then layered in with all these like higher concepts which is what I'm all about. Uh, which is what I, so that the, all those like higher concepts are what's intriguing, and then layered on something that seems like it's the simple mm. like like telling of a life, but it's like a telling of a life, but a life that we're not mm. uh, used to. So yeah. I, I find that that's really interesting. It's an interesting use of the typical uh, living room set, mm-hmm. which you know 
we see a lot of in yeah. theater. I have weeks yeah. when I'm seeing a lot of theater. I'm like, if I see another fucking exactly living room yeah. set, I'm just walking <laughs> out. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting to think that this is like giving you that, yeah. and then turning it on its head. Yeah, it's exactly. not a little living room drama. It's yeah. like a complete change in what usually happens in the living room. Yeah, and at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, then on, on the other dime, you want to go see, like, the high concept, like, high art, like, the ver- the, the opposite, mm-hmm. and then you go, and then you don't understand anything, because yeah. there's no, there's no point of mm-hmm. relation. Yeah. And so, so that's what I think is really clever about this show, is that you have that, those high concepts, but it's within a realm that you can still understand them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's not like everybody comes out and we're all in, like, masks and stuff and dancing, <laughs> and all, and trying to, and trying to still seriously discuss what we're trying to discuss. Mm-hmm. We still, like, we build it within a framework that people understand and then layer on top mm-hmm. of it all these higher concepts mm-hmm. that people will then think about mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, one, one of the images I've had for the show um, is that <coughs> the genre twists itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, we're playing a lot with the expectation of the spectator. Mm-hmm. You know, when it opens, ideally, you know, your first thought, if you're someone who goes to the theater a lot, is, oh, fuck, you know, another, yeah, another yeah. parlor drama. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> And yeah. then, but but the point is to just keep twisting it. So mm-hmm. the moment that you think that you're watching one form, it twists itself mm-hmm. out into kind of a, another form. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, that works. I think that's a really interesting theme. Not just like a a formal technique, but it's a theme about performance mm-hmm. and the performance of 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 our identities. Mm-hmm. You know, we assume roles yeah mm-hmm. all throughout our lives and every time we see one of those roles we're, we're acting we're yeah actors you know um vince and i were just so you know i, I work as a college teacher mm-hmm. and we were just talking about like i'm totally underqualified for it <laughs> um, yeah i hope you can edit that part out um but you i know, don't i don't edit these things so <laughs> no but you know, i think you're perfectly qualified I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that there, that there's a feeling of um of you know when that when you're when you walk in front of a classroom uh i have always only ever played the role of teacher hmm. you know like i want to I, I would like to say that i'm authentic and i'm being myself etc yeah. etc but you know when you when you walk into any context there's certain expectations that people have of you or that you think that people have of you that make you hmm. play to those expectations sure. and i think that you know that that's this idea of genre yeah as the play twists it's it's a way to point ourselves to an awareness of the plane of genre, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that we, you know, we think we need to enact yeah. those roles. It's interesting because, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, I role played for many years. I played Dungeons and Dragons and all oh, those games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think I've learned from that is how to role play in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like a lot of times that that's what I do in my day job. I right. play the role. Yeah of a guy who works in tech, tech support and yeah. understands how all of that works, yeah. uh-huh. which I do, but it's like, that's not where my natural tendency goes. Yeah, so, of course not. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think we all take on, we take on roles. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that when we take on one role, we're not necessarily expected to immediately forget about the one before, which it sounds like mm-hmm. in this play... Mm-hmm. When you are given a new role, you're given a new relationship, a new job, a new a new life. You are expected to just forget that the other one happened. Is that is that right? That is right. And so I guess the <clears throat> the idea of the play is that people are attracted to that, or people mm. want that. Or mm. there's, there's a desire for that. Okay. That you know, it's like imagine, um, you know, I would. Working with my actors a couple of weeks ago, and they were—it's uh, kind of one of the main couples, and you know, in the show, the couple doesn't want to break up. And uh, when they first read the show, they couldn't understand. They're like, "Well, why? Like, why would we accept this? Like, why don't we just fight back right away? And like, why don't people take this?" And I started to ask them. I said, "Well, you know, imagine, just take your own lives, mm-hmm. and just you know, have you never fantasized about doing something radically different? Mm-hmm. You know, like." Uh, for me, one of the things that I fantasize about, you know, I have a friend who's a war journalist mm-hmm. and it's just like, he goes off to these places <laughs> and he covers war yeah. and, you know, 
and I fantasize about that, but I could never do that yeah. because I'm like, I'm married and I got these little kids that mm -hmm. I'm concerned about and it's, you know, and if I were to do that, I would hurt them. Yeah. Um, in this play, because everybody is being reassigned, you don't hurt people. No. So you get, so there's a kind of like the forgetting mm -hmm. is there's something tragic about that because you're losing relationships, but it also means that you are no longer ethically responsible to the relationships that you have. Yeah. Or you're only responsible mm. in the present. Yes. You know, you're yeah. not responsible as you move from identity to identity. Yeah. And so I guess there, there's a point there about, you know, like the relationship between, mm. uh, you know, the freedom to be somebody else yeah. and the freedom from your ethical obligations to, to others. It's interesting because yeah. you can look at, there are certain things like I, I had some friends, they moved into a neighborhood. Uh -huh. They'd always lived in apartments, and then they moved. They got a house in a neighborhood, and they okay. were <clears throat> the peer pressure that existed in the neighborhood yep. was a thing that never existed when you lived in an apartment. An apartment building, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't disturb your neighbors, yeah. nobody gives a shit what you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you own a house, everybody gives a shit what you do. Like your lawn isn't cut often enough. Mm -hmm. Your what do you do? Your kids. We're gossiping about your kids. We're gossiping about the neighbors' kids. Like everybody is in each other's business. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where like this one woman decided that her daughter was and not that, but that her daughter was old enough to walk to school on her own. Scandal in the neighborhood yeah. because children walking to school yeah. on their own. Oh my god! Yeah. And then it the neighborhood enforced this behavior. Which it sounds like, like if you were a person who wanted to buck this system, the neighborhood would mm. not allow it. Like right. society would basically that's right put pressure yeah. on you not to that's do right it. Yeah. that's yeah. right that's right. Although the argument of this world is, you know, you conform mm -hmm. for the moment, mm -hmm. but there'll be a moment where you'll be free from this role, and you'll be shifted to a new role where you'll have to conform. <laughs> to that sure. neighborhood or that situation but you will be freed from that as well you so. yeah i mean so, anytime so like, that you're freed yeah. you're immediately put into something else though so yeah. you're never actually free yeah that's it's right. just that, that, that's like, right yeah so yeah. Yeah. it's interesting yeah you're never you're never free and that's i guess that's one of that's one of the questions of the play is mm. what is freedom mm. in this world yeah and if you want to get really philosophical about it <laughs> um the question would be you know are we so, you know, are, do we have such a deep belief in our society that freedom comes from some kind of individual choice mm. or some kind of, you know, that the individual chooses how to act in the world? Mm. And then, you know, that's how we understand freedom in our society. Sure. In this society, freedom is actually the freedom to surrender to the dictates of the world, mm. right? Mm. So rather than, mm. you know, pushing back against it and saying, no, I don't believe this, I don't want this. The real freedom is surrendering, hmm. you know, making the choice to surrender hmm. and then being not only free. And, and then what you're really free of mm -hmm. is you're free from the idea that you have an individuality with an essence mm -hmm. that needs to be expressed in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right. As if mm -hmm. the world is saying that, you know, what, what you're really a prisoner of, you're not a prisoner of the world. You're a prisoner of the idea of a self hmm. that needs to do certain things. Hmm. Just let yourself go, man. Like, play mm. whatever role you're given. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. I will admit there's a part of me that's like, no! No, yeah, like, of course, that's like, yeah. you know, that's not, that's of not course. how we are. So of it's course. like, of course. It, the, the, myself just sort of like inwardly, I could feel the, myself rebelling against yeah. that. But of course. if I was raised in that society, yeah, exactly. then that would be a well, different thing. You know, one, you listen, one of the things, uh, I, I saw, I'm an old friend of the playwright, and mm -hmm. we've been talking about this play for a long time. One of the ways that I describe the show, not him, but I describe the show as a Buddhist dystopia. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, one of the fascinating concepts in Buddhism is the idea of the non-self, mm -hmm. right? So Buddhists will say that the cause of suffering is our attachments to things. Mm. The reason why you suffer, the reason why we all suffer is because we're, we desire things, we're attached to things, we expect the world to give us things. And so the way to get over suffering is mm. to let go and mm. to not be attached, to not have desire. Um, and the, the thing that you know, many Buddhists say we're the most attached to is the idea of the self. Mm. Mm. You, know? mm. you walk into a room and you're like, everyone here needs to recognize Caleb. 
Hmm. Everyone here needs to understand who I am. Hmm. I can't do this because that's not me. Hmm. You know? And, um, and that causes, you know, and there's, I think there's some truth to it. Hmm. You know, those kinds of expectations you have about yourself, that yeah. essentializing of yourself actually leads to a lot of pain, you hmm. know, a lot of suffering. And, and, and so, you know, we're playing with that idea. And I call it a Buddhist dystopia because that's kind of one of the premises of the show. You know, hmm. if you were to just totally give up on the idea of self hmm. and st- just surrender to conformity hmm. and let yourself be ripped today or, you know, and then somebody else another day or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Um, I think, I think that could actually be free in a strange hmm. sort of, in a strange yeah. sort of sense. Hmm. Vince, uh, you're, <laughs> yeah. as a, I'm, I'm curious cause you, you, yeah. you said that you're a film guy. Yes. And your background is film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, were you, always a film guy like is this your first theater thing or no, like what brings no. you from film to theater or vice versa fair i no i've always been a theater person mm-hmm. in high school it was uh, it was just funny because i didn't i didn't want to do anything related to drama but my mother uh, forced me because i was a very shy <laughs> child uh, i grew up with three older sisters so she i was just that annoying little brother mm-hmm. um, and so i was just very shy except with my family so she's like oh you should take drama so that you get out of your shell drama and then uh so everything everything since then is her fault but uh <laughs> i was very like in you know, i grew up in a small town and everything we did was theater there was no real like we didn't really understand what the movie industry was how mm-hmm. movies got made we just thought everything was made in la and unless you moved to la you know that's the only that's the only way you're gonna be in movies what was the small town uh timmins, timmins okay. ontario cool. yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah, so I grew up just always loving theater, and then when I, when it came time to go to school, I, I was looking at, and there's film, like you can take film acting programs, sure. but uh, I'd always heard that the highest uh, acting form is the theater, so <laughs> if you want to act in film, that's fine, but, but your training should still be in theater, because mm-hmm. then, you know, you're getting the whole experience as to just sure. like learning the, the techniques that go along with film acting. So I went to theater school, and then in theater school was that was my first opportunity to act in the student films mm-hmm. for the film program that was at our school, and uh, I, I ended up uh, being in I think like six or seven, which was a lot because mm. most of the people in my class were in one maybe, um, but I ended up with being in like six or seven, and I started to I was like okay film film is cool and film is fun and being on set was fun, um, and then that film program was only a year. So um, I took that same film film program that I had acted in in theater school right after um, theater school, hmm. and then started part of the the film program is like an act, or is um is an internship program. So we we started uh, we got our start in film, and then through that made connections. And I was like, okay, to make money, maybe I'll work in film and then act in theater when I get the chance because mm-hmm. everybody knows there's not a lot of money in theater. So I'll get my money in film. And then, and then act in theater on the side. And then what happened was, of course, that's not the way it's going to be. It's I just started working constantly in film, sure, like yeah. film production, doing whatever. I was a locations PA, cleaning garbages and mm-hmm. setting up lunchrooms. To I was an office PA. And then I the last job I did was a production secretary. Um, and But, I mean, all these things, eventually I was talking, again, we were talking about this today. All these things led to this... Um, this idea of, of making the art as a whole, as opposed to just seeing myself as one part of mm-hmm. it. So that's that's the one advantage of the the film uh, program and having worked in film up until this point was knowing that like it, it, there's a whole process to to making a thing, whether it's mm-hmm. theater. Because I remember being in theater school and and hating the like production classes yeah. and stage yeah, yeah, management. Yeah. I was like, I just want to act. I came here to act. Why are we learning all this crap about the behind the scenes? There are people for that. Why do I need to know what a prompt <laughs> book is and what? Are, and I remember my stage my uh, stage management teacher hated me because I would just sit in the class in the back of the class and just sigh the whole time because I didn't think production was part of what I had to do. So then taking the film program and then working in film, I was like, nope, you definitely have to be a part of the whole to understand your piece in it. Um, and then now, but now I'm obviously I've missed acting in theater that whole time. And so I've started working at, at getting myself into more theater productions. And again, I, I find myself in the indie productions because that's where I get to do more than just my part. Sure. I'm able to, to then take on producer yeah. type roles and help like promote the show and do and use what I learned in the yeah. film program towards like these, uh, these <clears throat> independent theater productions. It's interesting. Your, your, um, your feeling in that stage management <laughs> class yeah. is is you, probably you're not the only person who's ever been 
Like, we don't need to know this. There's people That's right. for that. That's right. And, yeah. Which is why there's a lot of stage managers who love what they do, but they kind of hate actors. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely met them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> and was it was working in film that helped you helped you get past that? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It was it was seeing it was knowing that even though I was just like putting out garbage cans or mm. coning off a location, it was knowing that yeah, that seemed so mundane and, and minimal, but that's how the show still got made. Yeah. Like if that if everybody didn't know where to shoot the show, the show wouldn't get wouldn't get shot, yeah. and then you wouldn't know. So it's it's like even though in the moment I hated doing it, it was knowing that I was still serving the production as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we do insulate the actors. We do it in yeah. film too. We insulate oh, yeah. the actors oh, yeah. from all of that stuff. So people yeah. who act in theater, they encounter the stage manager daily. But have you ever seen Slings and Arrows? Yes. And they keep sending the yeah. stage manager out for coffee yeah. and stuff. It's yeah. like they, they think that's what the stage manager is there that's for. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And they almost never encounter like the stage hand or anything. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're like bringing something on. Yeah. <laughs> which is like the worst. But yeah. you know, it's like. <laughs> One of the things that I like about indie theater is yeah. that you do get to see more of the, yeah. the working parts where you don't insulate That's the right. actors from that process yeah. in the same way that they do in a lot of bigger mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, hopefully, hopefully, if you have a good team, everyone knows the pieces that need to get picked up because you don't have a person for that. Sure. You, know, you don't have someone doing posters and doing that. So then somebody's like, I'm good at graphics. Maybe I'll do that. And yeah. so it's, 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 and it gives people an opportunity to do other skill sets that they already have mm-hmm. and then apply that to the production that they're on so yeah. that, so that they're doing more than acting or just directing or mm-hmm. just this or just that which mm-hmm. is nice yeah nice mm-hmm. Caleb I'm interested in your story mm-hmm. as somebody who um, <laughs> yep. left the theater and mm-hmm. then came back so where did you start doing the theater why did you leave and what brought you back uh, so I guess I was like a, a pretty typical theater kid um, parents neglected me realized that uh, I could get a lot of attention if they put me into theater camps and that kind of stuff, you know? They're like, Mom, all these people applauded for me. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. She's like, great, yeah. they, can do, they can do my work. <laughs> uh, no, so I, no, I did a lot of, um, uh, I did, yeah, theater stuff. You know, kind of a pretty typical Ontario theater childhood, mm-hmm. serious festivals, what's that, the Blythe Festival, mm-hmm. all those kinds of festival scenes. Yeah. Uh, young People's Theater. Um, and I and I did that and I and uh, pretty seriously up until my early twenties. Um, at what at which point um, uh, I started to do kind of I wasn't sure what the next mm-hmm. move was, and I started to do a bunch of volunteer work with professional theater makers, mm-hmm. um, kind of shadowing them. And and I don't know, you know, I, I think I was kind of hard at on them at the time, Mm -hmm. um, but I saw their struggle, Mm. you know, and I saw the amount of work that they had to do that was not the artistic creative work, you know, precisely the stuff that, you know, Vince is talking about, the putting out of the cones Mm. and the postering and (laughs) the money and the grant writing. Um, and you know, um, and it confused me, let's just say, uh, at the same time I started studying philosophy in university um and i just i just had a moment you know i just had a moment i had actually signed up to audition to go to a bunch of theater schools uh and i couldn't do it Mm. something something in me had shifted Mm. Uh, from there i became i started to study philosophy and religion and i went on to pursue academics um but it was always theater was always there in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. you know uh as satisfying as academics it are is uh, intellectually um, you know, it, there is a kind of creativity that, mm. that is lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, relative to the themes of the show, I think that's why the play spoke to me so much. The play is actually written by a friend from high school mm. who used to write the plays that I used to put on, mm. right? He himself also went on another path. He became an engineer. Yeah. And so this play is a, the play is a play about identity shifting, you know, the world telling you that you need to change your identity. Mm. Um, but there's a kind of, there's like a subtext beneath the subtext or an autobiographical subtext for us, mm. which is that the play is also speaking to this question of, you know, do we still have that connection from when we were other people? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when we were young theater mm-hmm. makers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of so. So, so yeah. So, why am I drawn back to theater generally? 
because theater is a unique kind of collective creative experience. Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think that's what's so cool about it. Uh, and maybe if you're in it, you don't see that as much. But it's very rare that you will work creatively so intimately, mm-hmm. like really intimately, yeah. uh, with total strangers. Yeah. Know, or like relative strangers. It's it's It doesn't happen very much. Well, I mean, it, theater can be emotionally taxing, yep. at least when you're working on a show, because every show you form a family. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And that family gets very close. Yeah. And everybody, there's a lot of love in that family, usually. I mean, there's always, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of love in the family. And then at the end of the show, that family dissolves. Yeah, sure. And you may never see those people again or talk to them. Yeah. Except yeah. when you run into them at something, right. you're like, oh, right. hey, we did right. the thing, yeah. Right. It's very difficult. And because, and you know, and, and, and it, it, because the art form deals with human interaction. I mean, like, that's what the art is. The yeah. art is like, yeah. let's, let's interact with each other. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, you know, I've been in bands in this mm. time, you know, like I've played music, but music, it's funny because you can always kind of, I don't want to use the word hide, but there's always the instrument and yeah. the technique of the instrument that mm. mediates the relationship. Yeah. You know, with yeah. theater, it's like, you know, we're at rehearsal today and we're, you know, telling people like, I think you need to be more attracted to this person. Like sit in your attraction for this person that you just met a couple of weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, breathe into that. You know, it's, it's one of those weird things that we do in theater. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because theater as an art form, people are, you know, I have a friend who jokingly, because he knows it gets a rise out of me, yeah. refers to uh, theater as the, a dead art form or the bastard child of film. But because sure. he knows he knows it'll get a rise yeah. out of me. Yeah. But there's nothing like sitting in a room where a bunch of actors are performing because when you're watching something on film, there's something in between you and the actors. Mm-hmm. And when you're yeah. watching theater, they're right there. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've never seen, so we see violence on film all the time and we don't really react to it except maybe, Ooh, look at the CGI on that. Yeah. But in, in theater, a simple act of violence, like a slap will never fail to get a reaction out of the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's because the actors are there. Sure, sure. It also has the advantage of the fact that it's never going to be that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like super immediate that way too. So, yeah, you know, th- you know, theater is, um, you know, what's the word? It's like the least, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say the least, but, but, but of the art forms, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, it, it's going to have the hardest time getting on the same page with like capitalism you know? <laughs> because, because you're not making a product that is that, that, that's, that, that remains, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there's, so there's something so just like, uh, beautiful about that. Sure. You know, you can't do it without this kind of, you know, with, without a love of it, you know, yeah. because because there really is no point to be doing it otherwise. Yeah. And you have like to, it, I mean, everything you do is kind of a risk, right? Right. Because um, you can't test it. Yeah. You know, a film, can we test it out the wazoo? And we're like, they didn't like this, they didn't like yeah. that. Let's yeah, go back right. and we'll that's tweak right. this, we'll tweak this. That's right. You don't get to do that with theater. Yes, you can have a reading of a play. But uh-huh. again, it's uh-huh. never going to be that again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe another way to, to say what I was trying to say is that I think... One of the reasons why I like theater so much is because it really requires a faith mm-hmm. that something that you felt or are feeling in the mm-hmm. experience of the production is being felt by other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you can't with a film, you can stop the frame and say, like, "Do you see what I see here?" Yeah. You know, let's talk about this moment again and again and again. Yeah. In theater, everyone is in a subjective position. They mm-hmm. are subjectively experiencing something. And all you have at the end of the show is your testament to what you saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something about that that's really uh, frightening mm-hmm. and, and fascinating and, and magical, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of religious experience. Yeah. You know? No, it is. Without getting, you know, religious about <laughs> no, it. No, but, but like... There, but but there, there's that certain moment of like, I think that we all had this experience, yeah. you know, that I felt. And, yeah. Um, and when it works, it certainly is. Like yeah. when you see a, a really awesome play yeah. and you just 
go with it for a while and everything is clicking. It just sort of like sweeps you up and takes uh-huh. you along with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what is it that... So you and the playwright, uh-huh. and the playwright's name is... David Palera. David. You and yep. David have uh-huh. been, like, you've been friends since high school. David yeah. used to write the plays. Yeah. And he went and became an engineer. That's right. And then he wrote this play. Yeah. And when, did, were you always going to direct it or did he show it to you and <laughs> you fought for it? Or like, how did that, how did your return to theater as the director come about? Uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, um, it, it, there was never a question about who was going to do hmm. it. There was never a question. Uh, we developed the show in conversation. Mm-hmm. He wrote it. It's very much his show, but mm-hmm. it was always developed in conversation. Okay. Um, so I, I had the first, you know, first go at it. Mm. Um, or, you know, I, I could have turned it down, I guess. But, sure. Uh, but that was never really a choice for me. Yeah, mm. I loved it. You know, uh, I loved the premise. As soon as he told me the premise of the mm. show, I thought it was really, really mm. neat. Um, uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you like? What? When did you? When did you know it was done? When did you know it was ready? Mm. Um, I don't know. Is the show ever ready? Well, hey. at a certain point, it has to be ready enough. Ready enough. Because I know I mm-hmm. like I wrote a play for eight years before I was like, you know what? I think maybe mm-hmm. the only way I think I need mm-hmm. to just say I'm doing this, otherwise I can write this forever. Yeah, uh, I think it, you know. So we started to get actors together, and we just started to read it, mm. and you could start it, you know. Um, I think the first reading we did was a couple of years ago and we knew it wasn't ready then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just something, you know, where I think by the third reading we did, it, it was working. Mm. And there were moments that were still, that still needed to be developed. But there was a general feeling of, you know, there's like a moment of excitement. We're like, right, like this is moving. It yeah. fits together somehow. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's when we started to think <clears throat> that it's ready. Mm. You know, although I will say when you're not practicing theater a lot and you're coming in from the outside a little bit, um, you actually kind of, you kind of don't know when something's ready. Yet. Mm. It's like, you know, uh, well, you wouldn't be as precious about it, right? Well, a, you wouldn't be as precious yeah. about it and B it's like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I remember making steak for the first time, right. <laughs> On the barbecue. And it's like, I invited all these friends over, we're all going to eat steak. I remember this very clearly. Mm. It's like this big deal for me, and I put the steak on the barbecue, and then I suddenly realized, like, I don't know when it's ready. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This moment, yeah. and this, you know, it's like, geez, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, I guess I could have just read a recipe book or something. Mm. <laughs> you know? You know, there's like a few... That's not how, that's not uh, how we barbecue. We put yeah. things on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, and so, but there's a way in which, you know, that's the skill of, mm-hmm. of, of, of theater practitioners mm. and that's why we're lucky that we have people like Vince and others mm-hmm. in the show that um, that make a lot of theater yeah and so you know they're much more kind of attuned to these sorts of things yeah well one yeah. of the things uh, I, I've been doing some of the like marketing publicity stuff for the show as well media relations stuff for the show and one of the things that I've noticed when I've been talking about it is that I keep saying it, we're sharing this with an audience. Like we're mm. not sure if this, like it could be, this could be another workshop where mm. we see the audience comes back with a bunch of questions after the show. And they're like, yeah, mm. I didn't get this. Why was this like this? Mm-hmm. And so the, it's just, but theater is that it's sharing it with an audience. So it's not really in my mind, it's not really a theater piece until mm-hmm. you're sharing it with an audience. Yeah. You can write it to death, but until you're up there and sharing it with an audience, good or bad, the production mm-hmm. theater isn't happening until it's you and the audience. Yeah. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the interesting thing is that is that anytime there's a remount, you can rewrite it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> as long as you have that that kind of connection. I mean, yeah. I know <clears throat> I've heard of of published playwrights who yeah. they find that there's a production. They're like, which 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 published? It? No, no, no. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've updated that. Let me send you. <laughs> let me send you the new version. Yeah, exactly. And they, yeah. they they're like, oh, this is not what we read. But, yeah, you know, this is great. So <laughs> yeah. you can right. you can yeah. keep working on it as yeah, long as you sure. can. Yeah. you can keep putting it out there. Yeah. I know. Anytime that I've revisited and I've you know uh, done some stuff that's 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 been produced at home and then toured and then produced at home and every mm-hmm. time you do it, 
you sit down and you're like, okay, so what worked last time? Exactly, yeah. And you have right. the freedom of doing that because you made it. Yeah, right. Whereas it's not like you're not like, so who do we talk to, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, to make sure that we're not like wrecking stuff. But you know, yeah. when you're the creator, yeah. you get to have the freedom to yeah. do that, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. And well, and that's the, and the feedback from the audience is is what you want, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their laughter, their tears, their yawns, their, mm-hmm. yeah. and all of that is, is what, I mean, that as, at least as a performer, that's why I do it, is, yeah. to, is to share that space with them. And so sure. the, the more... Mm-hmm. You know, the more you can do that, and the more opportunities you you can get to expand the story based on your interactions with them. Yeah. I think the better off the story gets. I always find workshop workshop productions really interesting, especially when they have a talk back. Yeah, and I've seen yeah. successful talk backs and unsuccessful talk backs. Yeah. and the unsuccessful talk backs are the ones that just go. So, what did you think? Yeah. Because when you say that to the audience, they'll tell you how they would would have done it. Of course, but that's all yeah. you need to know. Yeah, <laughs> right. most of what you what you needed to know, you if you were watching the audience, you saw when they were like. Yeah, looking yeah. at the ceiling or yeah. shifting <laughs> yeah. or when did they go to look at the program and yeah. you're like, okay, these are moments that we need to work on. Yeah, right. And the questions are like, you need to know what your questions are. But yeah. you know, I've been at a bunch where it's just like, what did you think? And yeah. then you end up mm-hmm. with some somebody telling you how they would have written it <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You yeah. Know? Right. Um, yeah. But audiences tell you what they need. Yeah. You know, or what yeah. where they're lost. Yeah. They won't often come out and say it. Yeah. But they yeah. will. They will tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys, you guys have done, like, you guys have read it with a bunch of actors. Is this the first time an audience is seeing it, or have you done, like, readings in front of an audience? No, this will be the first time. Yeah, this okay. will be the first time an audience has seen it. Mm. Um, so, we're very excited <laughs> to see what happens, yeah. you know? I mean, I've been sitting in this, I, it's a it's a bit of an odd play, mm. you know? the yeah. So, the premise is odd, mm. but then the play itself gets odd, mm. you know? Um, strange things happen in it. Um, and... For me, it's totally clear. Mm, yeah. You know, like it's yeah. just like, yeah, of course, this guy, you know, he's going and doing this and this and this and this. Um, but you know, we've had some people come in to sit in on the show. Um, some of the designers, for instance, mm. and you know, uh, they kind of came in and they had read it, but when they were listening to it, I'll, there were moments where they were confused. Mm. You know, and obviously we've had to kind of clean those up a little bit, um, but. I have no idea, you know, if somebody comes in at this moment, when you're so familiar mm, with the yeah. story, will they be able to make out uh, what is happening? That so. is, that's actually, you know, I think it's a common problem with making theater mm-hmm. is because, <clears throat> you know, you have those moments at the beginning and you're like, oh, this joke is so funny. Right. Yeah. It's killing yeah. everybody. Yeah. And then like two weeks in and nobody's laughing, you're like... Is it is it actually funny? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it yeah. self-conscious? Yeah. Did, did, right. Like, do we need to change it? Is yeah. it is it is it not funny? And you just uh-huh. sort of have to be like, uh-huh. no. Remember, remember when it was funny? Yeah. Remember, yeah. it was funny. It was. You know, we just have to trust that it was yeah. funny. You have uh-huh. to yeah. trust it. Uh-huh. 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 That your initial reaction is the one that the audience will have, and you're right. not just not having because you've right. seen it every day for two weeks. Yeah. Right. 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 You know? But it's you know, but it's really hard. It's hard to have fresh eyes. Oh sure. Yeah. When you're looking at something. Yeah. And. You know, and I think that that's that is such a skill to be mm. able to just watch something for the first time yeah. that you've already seen or that you've already you know been immersed in for yeah. for so long. That's a really difficult one, yeah. and uh, I don't actually know any directors who are really good at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a really hard thing to do because yeah, you know you're on the journey with the actors, you know, and yeah. everybody's like, and I think the smart directors that I've worked with, when people are going, was is it still funny? They're like. Yeah. They're the ones who were like, guys, remember? It was funny. Yeah. Do you remember our initial reaction when it was funny? It's going to be funny. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. have to be able to, mm-hmm. to to trust that initial instinct and to mm-hmm. think back over all of the things that they've been mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, aside from whether or not people like it, what are you both excited for uh, in presenting it to an audience? Hmm. Or worried about? Or... <laughs> You know, I'm listen. You know, I'm um, uh, I'm the most excited for it making people think. Mm. You know, for me, theater is not just the experience of watching a play. It's the moment afterwards mm. where you're, you know, sitting and eating with your partner, or mm. walking back to your car, or yeah. whatever, and you're somehow in a different world mm. for a moment. Yeah. You know, I for me that's really powerful. Mm. And I think that 
Um, that's the point of this play. This play is mm-hmm. not just to move people relative to a story, but yeah. it's to give them just a little bit of perspective on their own life. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's really uh, pretentious of me to have knowledge about people's lives. Or <laughs> I don't know like that, but you know, but but that's the thing I'm the most excited about is reaching somebody. I enjoy a show that when I leave the show, we're talking about it. Right. Like if I leave a show, and you know, there have been these shows. Well, that was nice, and then we go yeah. and we never talk about it again right, because yeah. it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And then there are other shows where. I, you see them and you're like, I can't get the show out of my head. I need to keep talking about this show, yeah. this moment, this whatever. I just yeah. keep talking about it. And those are plays that are are the ones that I, I love watching. Because uh-huh. I get to, you know, when there are people outside the theater still talking about this show, mm-hmm. you know that there's something going on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's rare because usually we're very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, of course. Of course. Yeah, I mean, we're Canadians. We're nice. Yeah, and yeah, our theater nice. tends to be nice. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we don't, we don't, and because of that, people don't talk about it after right. the show so much. But when it does, there's like a real fire. Uh-huh. There, I, think. I, th- I think with this show, too, you know, because it's an alternate world, mm-hmm. um, for me, the moment is, you know, when it, the audience it sees themselves in it. You know, yeah. when you set up a world that's not the world that we're in, mm. uh, the first, mo- you know, the first instinct is to not identify with it. Yeah. Um, but the moment I'm the most excited is the moment people are like, oh, wait a second. Well, yeah, if you, you know? set up, if you <laughs> set it up as, a, as the world that we know and then you twist it, we're, it's too late. We're invested. Yeah. <laughs> if you go away from the beginning, people are like, I don't know what's going on here. But that's true. That's if you're true. like, here's the living, like, like you yeah, are, here's, here's the, the living room, room. here's the little right. domestic exactly. argument about yeah. gardening, and now yeah, uh, it's not right. what you thought. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's, what are you excited for? I was going to, it's along the same lines. I was going to say, I'm most excited for, to finally be able to talk to people outside of the production mm. about the production. Because, you know, <laughs> you can have these exhausting conversations with Caleb about the production. I remember that one lunch that we went to and we're like, can we just not talk about the production? Like, <laughs> Let's just talk about anything else in our lives but the production. And you, you, it's that same with any time you're in a show. You have this, oh, I'm talking about, this. I mean, it's the same. It's like work, right? Yeah. Like you, you work, sure. you have coworkers, you always talk about work and then you never talk about like their lives. And so afterwards, that com- I'm excited for, having people I know or not know see the show mm-hmm. and then talk about the show be like okay so now did you get that part I was uh, like I was vaguely trying to tell you mm-hmm. explain to you before the show and then did you get it now and and what did you th- what, like what did you think about this specific thing because even mm-hmm. I'm kind of still confused about that and then they they explain it to you in a way that no one on the production team had mm-hmm. ever thought about and you're like yes okay now that makes sense to me let's go back and redo the show because now I understand exactly what the point is I um, love when that happens I yeah. love when when an audience when we don't spell out everything for the audience yeah. and they draw their own conclusions yeah. and they tell you what they thought the show was about, you're like, well, shit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, or you go with it and you claim it. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what we were intending. Yeah. That's, you, you got it. Nailed it. Right. I did a show that was a, it was a play in the style of a silent film. And so there's no mm. words except for what we show them and you can't yeah, yeah. do any backstory because they never know what the backstory is. And then people would, because you, you can't, yeah. you, you can't talk yeah. about like, here's what happened before this scene. Yeah. So they only know what they see. And then to hear people describe what the show was about, and it was always not what we thought it was. Mm. And we just were like, at first we were like, no, 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 you got it wrong. Yeah, and then yeah. after about, after a couple of weeks, we were like, no, no, yeah. Yeah. If that, tell yeah, me absolutely. Yeah. Tell me what you saw. Yeah. Because now it's yours. Yeah. You know, which is yeah. kind of an exciting thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the show opens on. June 21st. June 21st. Thursday, 730. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's the twenty first today, so it's like so a it's like month away. Away. Yeah. month away. Month away. Yeah. Month away. Yeah. Yeah. Just I hadn't realized that. Thanks for pointing it's that one out. One month. Now yeah. I thought when you started rehearsal, you were like, guys, we have four weeks, and I was like, oh yeah, it is. That's when I realized that it was right. that it was a month away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Out, my friend. Four weeks different than one month. Yeah. Four weeks history. sounds way longer than one Four weeks. Four weeks sounds that's what it was. See, but to me, it sounded short. I was like, four, four. That's it. But then I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a month away. It's yeah. a month away. Twenty first today. Yeah. yeah, and that's at sorry, it was at the theater the, passport pass backspace. 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 Yeah. 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 That is such that a little yeah. intimate space. Oh, I love it. Like, yeah, you there's no escaping in that space, which is kind of fun. Yeah. 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 And I love the people complain about the seating. They're like, oh, you're not going to sit on like the bench, whatever, whatever kind of seating that is. And I was like, no, but 
like you're literally on the edge of your seat the whole show, you know, because yeah. <laughs> right. it's, so, it's such a weird seat that you're, there's no kind of back, where you go to theaters with the big cushy seats and you kind of like relax into it like a lazy boy mm. and you're not really, but I feel like the fact that they're, they are the way they are, it makes you engage even more. Maybe yeah, you me. have to. Maybe that's just me, but uh, that's yeah. what I love about that. Mm-hmm. Space. You kind of have to. I mean, there's something there's something yeah. to be said against the really comfortable seat. <laughs> in the I worked in a theater yeah. that had uh, comfortable seats and you'd be looking out at the audience. Yeah. As an usher, and yeah. you see the occasional, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the head yeah. fast forward. You're like, right. seats are too comfortable here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the temperature is perfect, you know, you walk into a theater, it's nicely air conditioned, on it, and then you walk into like a theater that has no air conditioning ever, and you sweat the whole show. Yeah. But you're like, when's the show gonna be over? But at the same time, you're not even realizing that you're sweating all over everything. <laughs> oh, and, but the problem is with those, with yeah, those, yeah. like if it's too hot, I'm gonna fall asleep. The, oh yeah, that's really? the problem. Oh, yeah, if it's okay, too hot, yeah, that's right. when I'm gonna be like, I'm just sort of like slowly falling asleep okay so Uh everybody's different though that's exactly right yeah 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 Yeah. well is there a web presence for the show is there twitter is there yes the twitter is at t nadana theater yeah we didn't talk about the theater company anyway shit no no theater company nadana is the is the twitter we have an instagram i think it's at theater nadana um and then our website is theaternadana.com Um, and then we also have Facebook that mm-hmm. you can just look up theater. Donna. We're so connected. I mean, I'm mostly in charge of it with, uh, one of our other producers, John. Um, but it's so connect. I kind of integrate them all. So if you find one, you mm-hmm. quickly be able to find nice, the nice, others. Nice. So if you're a Twitter guy, like go Tina Donna, uh, nice. but theater. Donna, look that, look that up and nice. you'll be able to find us. For and sure. are you guys on the internet yourselves? Do you have like the Twitters and uh, the Instagrams? And yeah, the- I, I'm on it to, to only to understand how to use it for productions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely, yeah. So, uh, my, I think my stuff's just at Vince Deulis, my my first and last name, um, and I don't think you have any web presence at all. So uh, I think this is my this, this, the, is, this is the, the first. show is your this is the, yeah, yeah, this <laughs> podcast is my introduction. To, introduction to the world yeah. of digital <laughs> yeah. entertainment. I am now <laughs> digitized. Now you're gonna have to. Now it's required. You'll have to go home and sign up. You're gonna have to. I'll open your Twitter. I'll open your Twitter. All the things. Right. All That's the things. Right. That's right. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a Homebody Productions production.